Hello, this is Brad Schwartz, Professor and Chairman of Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. On behalf of Richard Wolf Medical, the Endourological Society, and the Journal of Endourology, I would like to welcome you to the latest release in our podcast series. Each month, we will be presenting a current events topic of interest to our listeners. This broadcast, I'm happy to introduce Dr. Ashok Hemel, Professor, Chief of Uro-Oncology and Director of Robotics and Minimally Invasive Surgery at Wake Forest Medical School and Baptist Medical Center. Dr. Hemel started doing laparoscopic surgery in about 1992, and then he moved on to robotics starting in 2001. Today, we're gonna to be talking about the current status of less notes and SP robotic surgery, which we will expand upon here shortly. First, I wanna welcome Dr. Hemmel and thank you very much for your time and your expertise and the society is grateful for having you as part of, uh, as part of our expert panel. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Swartz. And uh, first of all, I would like to thank the Indo-Urological Society and also Richard Wolf Medical for giving me this opportunity to participate in this podcast series and also respectfully, I welcome all our listeners of this podcast. Several years ago, many years ago, we, we saw a couple of things come on the scene of minimally invasive surgery. And, and um, I don't really know where they are right now. So I, I guess I wanted to talk first about uh, laparoendoscopic single site surgery, also known as LESS, and natural orifice transendoscopic surgery or NOTES, just to kind of see where we are with them and, and have we gone anywhere? Is it still something in prime time or is it really time to move on from those and concentrate on single port robotics and, and other minimally invasive procedures? I'll kind of let you expand on those. Please feel free Thank to- Thank you, Dr. Swartz. That's a very thoughtful question. Uh, I mean, in a true sense, uh, pure less has declined over the time. And uh, however, it is still being practiced in Asia and some centers in Europe where pure laparoscopic urologic surgery is a standard of care. However, LESS is a stepping stone to overcome some of the technical challenges of uh, LESS. So basically, you can use a robotic-assisted devices in LESS. So that is, uh, if you remember, first we started with the LESS, then we started doing a robotic LESS. So you are using a robotic assistance in the LESS platform. And uh, first, or less, I mean, the Cleveland Clinic, really, they are the pioneer in this area. And Dr. Kauk, he started or less there. The surgeons, they have used a gel port for less device. So this is, uh, I think, in the summary, we started with the less, then we did a robotic less, and that is the status of less at this point in time. Okay, um, very nice. And what about notes? Um, I know that well, the gastroenterologist from... England um, kind of did the very first case, as I remember, and tried to popularize transgastric, transvaginal, uh, some other trans orifice surgery, and tried to make a go of it, but I haven't heard a lot about it. I just wanted to see what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, as we all know, the first experimental application of notes was uh, published way back in 2002, and it was done in 2001. And in fact, the gastroenterology surgeons, they were first to do that. And actually one of the surgeons was from India 
who are doing a transentric uh, uh, appendicectomy. Then in urology field, the first it was done a transvaginal nephrectomy, which was performed in the porcine model. And then later on, the bladder was experimentally evaluated for doing a, as a portal for the node surgery in 2006. To date, uh, I mean, the clinical application of nodes in urology is uh, limited. And most of uh, you know the urologists, they have used the transvesical approaches for doing a node surgery. To, at one time, the nodes was thought to be the next frontier in the minimally invasive laparoscopic surgery. As you all know, in the purest definition of nodes is uh, surgeries performed through a natural body opening such as stomach, colon, vagina, or bladder with premise that uh, it will be associated with better recovery or fewer post-operative risk. However, in fact, uh, the incremental benefit of nodes procedure when compared to the laparoscopic procedure was not very appealing. So, which is why nodes has not moved on to the uh, next frontier and uh, it required assistance with the new technology for the future. Dr. Hamill, is it, is it safe to say that nodes is dead or is it just uh, trying to undergo some transformative uh, ideas where we might get a, a different slant on the technique or the concept, but uh, this still needs some work, still needs some work. Uh, Dr. Swartz, uh, in a true sense, now notes is alive and now it has got a new life in a sense. Uh, using the understanding what we gained from the less and notes and a single port platform provides a new approach to use, uh, do the single site laparoscopic surgery or notes technique, which is an integral process for using the single port platform. So I think uh, less and the notes now is revived by using the single port platform. Do, uh, Dr. Hemel, let's move on to single port robotic surgery. I think that's where most of the attention will uh, uh, have interest from our listeners. Um, just describe what, what it is, what the hospital needs to acquire, uh, and then we can talk about a couple specific questions I have regarding it. Maybe just show sure. the general concept of what is single port robotic surgery and, and what, what do the hospitals need to do to acquire that technology and satisfy multiple specialties? So the DaVinci single port platform was uh, approved by FDA in 2018 and uh, which features several novel modification from previously available single trocar models, including a flexible camera, articulating instruments and navigator guidance for real-time monitoring of the instrument when you are doing a single port technique. And uh, the, when you use a single port uh, uh, robot, the single port uh, instruments and camera moves together inside the body. And there is a several geometric modification to the instruments, which provides the necessary angulation to visualize and perform complex surgery inside the body of the patient. So basically the fundamental difference between the multiple platform, uh, multi-port platform and the single, plate, uh, single port platform was a flexible camera. So in uh, what we can say, when compared to the traditional multi-port uh, robotic procedure versus single port uh, uh, robotic procedure, 
at this point in time, most of the advantage what has been thought of may be a less post-operative pain and a better cosmetic results. Okay. Now, no. your next question, uh, what you asked that, uh, what is the learning curve for this technique? So, as I said earlier, a flexible camera represents a fundamental advancement from prior multi-port platform. And a surgeon need to be familiar with the standard camera adjustment. It's not like a move in and out, left and right, as we do with the multi-port robot. And uh, the single port flexible camera, it has a two articulation point. So the second articulation point, you can use a camera to flex in all directions. Same way, like the flexible camera, the three single port working instrument also utilizes two points of articulation within the body of the patient to create a sufficient angulation towards the surgical field. So in uh, the, it is a different from the multi-port robotic system. And the change in geometry produces uh, three main differences from multi-port uh, platform. So what I would say, First is to accommodate two points of articulation. So that leads to the smaller working distance between the instruments and the camera, thus making a, a smaller and a overall field of view. So you have to accommodate with that. Second, the more proximal wrist location limits the ability to throw the suture at full 90 degree. So suppose you are doing a vesicular anosmosis and you are putting a suture at six o'clock position, and uh, so find, you have to use the angulation point at the single point of entry to reduce the lateral strength and range of motion. So you have to adapt to this particular angulation technique. So these are the certain important point while you're adopting to the single port technology. And also you ought to realize how to use the navigator. Navigator is a new visual overlay for the surgeon so you can monitor the position of each instrument because you are working in a very small field. So therefore it is very important to uh, be adapted to the utilizing the navigator while you're doing a single port procedure. Uh, finally, I will say surgeon must tolerate to uh, work in a smaller working space when you are using a single port uh, robot. So these are the couple of important things when you want to talk about the learning curve for the single port procedures. And so that being said, if someone is gonna really, you know, if, let's say someone is fairly skilled at robotic surgery and they acquire this new technology, what do you feel are, are the better procedures or what procedures lend themselves to single port surgery better than others? Is it the prostatectomy? Is it the pyeloplasty? Is it the partial, the radical the implant, et cetera? What, what do you recommend people who are not familiar with the SP to start off doing to minimize their learning curve? Well, that's a very, very good question. So I think uh, most of the robotic urologic procedures have been demonstrated utilizing the Devancy single port platform, but those are the feasibility study and safety studies. There are case report or case series. But uh, there, are, so there are two sets of indication. As you rightly pointed out, one group is a reconstructive technique, second group is an oncologic technique. Reconstructive technique is, a, I think, it's a good start in my opinion, because you are not compromising the oncologic outcome. 
because at this point in time, what has been demonstrated in the various series, uh, you, uh, you have read that article published in the British Journal of Urology last year, where they did a systemic review of multiple, uh, you know, the published studies, and what they found only benefit was on the cosmesis and minimal benefit in the uh, pain. And similarly, another paper published this month uh, in which also they said there is a 10 to 15% reduction in the pain in the first six hours or so, and a patient can be discharged earlier than the multiport surgery. So there was not a huge difference in my opinion. So the, at this point in time, I think uh, reconstructive procedures such as a female pelvic medicine procedure, urethral implantation, these are the pyeloplasty, these are very good procedure to start. For advanced robotic surgeon or advanced oncologic surgeon who are doing these procedure routinely, I think you may want to start doing a partial nephrectomy, kidney surgery, and then move on to the radical prostatectomy and simple prostatectomy. But uh, as uh, Dr. Koch from uh, you know, the Cleveland Clinic, they are working uh, heavily on this area and they have uh, published utilizing the nodes, means uh, doing a single port, utilizing the single port platform by a transvesical approach, doing a prostatectomy through that approach to simple prostatectomy and radical prostatectomy. However, the oncologic da uh, data at this point in time is a little, uh, you know, concerning because, and but these are the initial experience. So whenever you adopt any new technology, uh, that happens. And I think it behooves on us as a surgeon, when you are performing oncologic uh, procedure, you want to do in a, uh, you don't want to compromise your oncologic outcome. So I think reconstructive uh, procedure is very good. And then you can move on to the oncologic procedure. As far as the complexity is concerned, I mean, the from the Cleveland Clinic, they have done donor nephrectomy, then they have done robotic renal transplantation, they have done autotransplantation, and radical cystectomy, ileal candy diversion, orthotopic neobladder from different people all across the country have been published. Very good. So it sounds like that's uh, very promising, probably here to stay. And uh, we just await its dissemination uh, throughout the country and get more experience worldwide. And uh, it might be a very uh, commonplace technology here soon. How I think probably my last question for you is, how do you talk the hospital into acquiring this technology? It, it, it is an additional expense. Uh, it just paid us a fairly significant chunk for a robot, maybe a, a dual console. Uh, we have all of the bells and whistles for them, and now we're asking them to also purchase yet another platform. What's your strategy to go to your hospital and say, hey, we, this is really the, the wave of the future. It's better for our patients. Um, they cannot bill for it. They cannot get extra money for it. What do you say to them? Well, I mean, that's a very good question, Dr. Schwartz. Uh, you know, the cost consideration are a valid concern for the hospital uh, and uh, acquiring any technology. And the level of investment required to run a robotic program is a formidable, we all know that, including the upfront purchasing cost, robotic console, instrument cost, maintenance cost. And now the SP platform requires an entirely new investment effort as there is a no shared component for now with other robotic systems, so that's the problem. And also the cost is almost 20% more when you are doing a you know the single port procedure, so the cost is 20 to 25 percent more, and uh, 
at this point in time, we have not demonstrated a major outstanding benefit. So it becomes challenging for the hospitals to buy this technology. And I think uh, the what we should as a surgeon, ultimately we are trying to progress the science. Also, we are trying to benefit our patient. Uh, we are trying to benefit community. We are trying to advance the minimally invasive surgery. For those reasons, it is important to move on to the newer technology to help our patient. And I think uh, it's a good idea to say the hospital, uh, you buy the system and this multi-specialty use should be the driving force for that. So it's not only urology, female palliative medicine, ENT, colorectal. So the once you buy the technology and it is being used by several surgeons effectively, then the cost uh, will drive down. So I think uh, uh, surgeon's enthusiasm is important. And also, you know, being in an academic center, you want to advance the field for those reasons, perhaps, uh, you know, you may, uh, uh, you know, ask your hospital to buy this technology to as a part of technical progress. And I guess that should be the driving force. Well, very good. Uh, Dr. Hamill, I, I sincerely appreciate your insight, experience, and expertise. Uh, our membership benefits from, from your, uh, your insight as well. Uh, on behalf of Richard Wolf Medical, the Journal of Endourology, and the Endourological Society, I am grateful for your participation. Uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, in the future. And again, thank you very much for participating. Uh, thank you, Dr. Swartz, for your uh, nice interaction. And also, I would like to thank once again, Endourology Society for giving me this opportunity. And also, I would like to thank all our listeners.